0: Also, just shout out the fact that we got followed back by Eddie Longbridge. I did invite him on the pod, but he said no. So when Arsenal knocks on the door of players, it's a different knock than other clubs. Slap, slaps, slaps.
1: Les différents podcasts de frappe.
0: Arsenal have been through
1: their mile and a half of pipe like Andy Dufresne in the Shawshank Redemption where you have to see the light at the end of the tunnel. El podcast de golpe diferente.
0: But Arsenal are going through their pipe, like I say. We'll be back. The different, Knack Podcast. Maybe we'll have a good surprise for you. Welcome back to the Dilly Ding Dilly Dong We Are Tactical Fouling Man podcast. A light-hearted look at Arsenal with Alexander Moneypenny and my very good friend, Bradley Adams. Morning, mate. Good morning.
1: Good, good morning. Morning of good.
0: Morning of good. Other podcasts might say
1: goodly morning. Other podcasts might not say anything. It's <laughs> it's ten games unbeaten. It, it is. That is a fact, Bradley. If I read out
0: some stats, would I? Uh, you would be reading out some stats. Arsenal's last eight games. No, hang on. I won't read that one. Most wins after 100 games as Arsenal manager. Okay, fuck off. George Graham, 56. Mikel Arteta, 54. Arsene Wenger, 51. Herbert Chapman, 49. Okay.
1: Uh, The draws for that as well is 21 for George Graham, 20 for Arteta and 31 for Wenger and defeats it's 23 for Graham 26 for Arteta and uh, 18 for Venga. so he's literally lower on the points
0: tally so please don't give me this shit not this morning so what you're saying is Mikel Arteta having three more wins than Wenger two off our greatest ever record, is completely ruled out by the fact that he had some draws, has had some losses in there. No, I'm just saying that it, by, by literally reading out a
1: third of the stat, it paints an improper picture. It's the same as people that after, I can't remember what game it was, were set, um were tweeting out the the very correct stats of, oh, Ben White won 100% of his ground and 100% of his aerial duels, and he contested one of each. Listen, the stat is obviously correct, but stats are meant to be used to create a fair and rounded picture of a performance rather than skew something in the general direction of one agenda. This is very agenda driven rather being a truthful representation of it. Because if you just do the math, he's no—he's not
0: anywhere near in, in, in terms of points. So... When you say not anywhere near, okay. Quantify what you mean by not let's, anywhere let's, near. <laughs> let's have a look.
1: Oh, God, I'll get a pen. I'll get a bit of paper. Let's do this. This is brilliant. Let's do this. Let's what are we? Two minutes in, and I've already, I've already got
0: going. Listen, he's on the, you, he's on the, you've got a piece of said paper. I out. can't
1: rattle you with what I said this morning. So we're gonna, we're gonna go with this. <laughs> oh, it's actually not that far away. <laughs> it's two points off. Mm. It's two points off. Fair enough. I do think that saying one part of the stat does massively suit suit to one side of an argument, and also it's about um, to move the goalposts again. It's about um, <laughs> expectations <laughs> to, completely to, completely the ar- <laughs> to completely change the argument. To completely change the argument, it's also about expectations, isn't it, mate? The expectations are different now.
0: Yeah. Well, you, you wouldn't expect a manager who's uh, completely inexperienced to be two points off our greatest ever points to yeah. Uh two, point, two points off our greatest. Listen, it's good. <laughs>
1: it's good. All right. It's good. I'm not going <laughs> to say your, it's not.
0: How's your agenda now,
1: son? Welcome I back mean, to the Still not quite good. Still quite good. He's still not beating him, mate.
0: So it's fine. My agenda is quite well intact. Welcome back to the Diffknot Podcast. Uh, how's it going? What day is it today? It's a Monday. I'm- Mikel Arteta lives off of the breadcrumbs Wenger left for him. One day, Brad, you're going to admit that Mikel has something about him. I know it. Well,
1: I was actually going to do that today.
0: Oh! Uh,
1: I said I'd save it. I would said I'd save it for the podcast. Okay. Okay. Let's, let's um, have your word of the game. Dogged. I think this this was a very uh fought affair uh fucking the amount of fouls I've got it in front of me it was just mental um where is the stat where is the stat oh fucking hell why why is it the one oh, I'm calling to one fucking thing I just can't find the fucking stat um well, I think it's like they had 14 fouls and we had four or six or something and we both had the same amount of yellow cards of four I thought the fucking refereeing was horrendous how Danny Rose managed to give away a penalty and tactically foul someone three times and not get a yellow card I I genuinely don't understand how what was seen as acceptable was seen as acceptable from I think it was was Kevin Friend who was it I don't know. And I really couldn't give a shit. Um, But I think that this is exactly the kind of game that under Arsene Wenger we would have lost. It's exactly the type of game we would have capitulated in. Don't get me wrong. There were still a few moments when we nearly did. The Ramsdale mistake and other moments. But this is proof for me that Mikel Arteta has brought a different side to Arsenal, a different uh, energy, a different kind of, um, and I'm very happy to to be eating humble pie. And I said to you during the week that, okay, for me now, th- we've still got some tests to come. We still need to put in an acceptable performance against the, a top six side because we haven't done that yet. But I think the question has shifted now from is Mikel Arteta the right person to be at the helm of the project to is he the person to take the project into its next phase and kind of the upper echelons of where we want and need to be. And we'll find that out over the next season. Um, but I, yeah, I, I loved it yesterday. I don't think I've been so buzzing over a 1-0 for, for a long, long time. Especially yeah. because Foster was was on a mad one. Not only the penalty save, but that save from Gabrielle. Um, it really felt like we we weren't going to find a way through. And then um, I loved the 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 shit of just not giving the ball back to them. Fuck them. The amount of fouling that they were doing and the amount of fake injuries that I saw. Fuck them. That's what you get. That's what you get for being cheats. You're
0: like they—they they are actively trying to cheat the game. Yeah. that's what you get we'll for uh, trying to cheat. We'll get—we'll get, we'll get onto that. Um, yeah, on on the Arteta thing, i i i agree. I think I—I I wouldn't. I, I'm always the, the jury is always out because football is a results-based game. But right now, I'm I'm certain of this that I'm willing to give Mikel Arteta the time of day. I'm willing to give him the space to do the work that he is doing because mm-hmm. there's results because the, the, yep. you know the and it feels like the club is aligning on and off the pitch mm-hmm. we'll talk in news and views more specifically but there's been some some great stuff this week coming out about like you know what he's doing around the training ground he had a great interview with uh, Amy Lawrence uh I think it was for arsenal.com um although it could have been on the athletic as it well. was the athletic um I mean. Uh, talking, talking about his his time at Arsenal. You know what he needs to improve on, things like that. I feel a humility around the club that I haven't felt for a while. I feel a a, a diligence, and it it translates. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm, as you say, I, I like what is the next stage of this of this thing. It's it's getting it's getting us consistent. It's getting us further up the, the table. It's getting us back into Europe. It's getting us um, you know it's 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 bringing through these young players and it's it's solidifying this team and this energy and i think Mikel Arteta absolutely is the right man to do that as you say we may get to a stage where he he plateaus and we need to get no longer the right man yeah Yeah, but 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 right now right now he is he
1: is and i'm very very happy to eat humble pie on that in the same way that I, i i had to on on you know our dearest friend aaron um christopher aaron christopher Ramsdale. You have to give him his full title. Yeah, have to have to it, it, it'll it'll be getting the knighthood soon. I mean it's it's getting that way. Um
0: oh, I didn't I think very,
1: very good yesterday. No, he really wasn't. He yeah, had a poor um, game. His kicking was off. I think also sometimes it just needs something to click and I think the the, the re inclusion of Lacazette has has kind of Click something for us. I mean it all, it also shows how desperately we need a centre forward. Uh like that that can do both the Abamiang job and the uh, Lacazette job. But um yeah, it seems to have clicked a bit, which is good.
0: Yeah, something ha- something has clicked. Arsenal's last eight games. Uh wins were equal first, goals scored with thirteen were equal third. Yeah, we're third with shots on target. We're equal first. with clean sheets. Goals conceded for. Um, we've got four, and that's second. And shots on target face, We're fifth in the league. These are really important stats. Yeah, you know, the brass, the brass tacks. You know, we're no longer talking about well, decent performance. We didn't quite get the result. We're talking about a ten game unbeaten run. And look, you know, some of the opposition aren't great, but it's something I wanted to say. Um, well, my word of the game, and it kind of comes back to this: is risk. I was at the game yesterday. Something I felt was we were in total control of the game, but especially during the first half, I just didn't feel we took enough risks. I didn't feel there was um, progressive um, enough progressive work from the, from the midfield. Didn't feel there was any balls kind of being tried. I didn't feel there was a lot of invention in the final third. I think that's where we came unstuck. But that's where we were controlling the game. So that's that's the game, right? Yeah. But I feel like there's a um, that risk is something that we've we've seen. Uh, you know, uh, uh, talking about the Emmy the Lawrence stuff and 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 the Josh Cronkey and the Mikel Teta interviews. Josh Conkey talked about how there's now a bit more of vision. There's a bit more of a kind of a long term plan. Mikel Teta's is talking about unity. There's a bit more togetherness. There's a bit more. There's a bit more sort of um, on and off the pitch. There's a compactness, and you see that. You see a sort of a team working together. You see a team. Driving together, and you know, yesterday, okay, in that game specifically, you know, we we weren't completely at the races. I wish we'd taken more risks, but we were still compact. The principles of our play still work. The positional rotation was still there. The um the spirit of the team feels to have found its level. It feels to have found a sort of a uh, an equilibrium, and that can only, to me, feels like it's only going to go go up from here. Now, this could be a false dawn. One hundred percent. I also we've want to had take those issue under
1: with, under emery and wenger before where we felt like you know we were really onto something
0: absolutely but you know to me and again it's easy to say now isn't it but this feels different and i think i think with this team as well there's a you know we're not playing reputations we're playing football teams and you have to ask yourself what are you being offered you know people say oh we're playing we we played watford and we played norwich and burnley whatever and like even forget oh, it's a tough league, blah, blah, blah. No, look at the specifics of what's going on with every single team, with every single opponent, and what sort of problems and questions they pose you as a team and I think what Arsenal did yesterday is they had a team who were who were tactical fouling who were compact well organized they had a team who um, had a bit of a threat on the break not particularly and were nice and nice nicely sat in the low block that's what they had to break down yesterday other teams posed different problems Leicester posed a different problem Liverpool posed a different problem but it's you know sometimes I think in in these conversations we go well it's only Watford well what do you mean we had a Watford team with their goalkeeper having the game of his season so far yeah so- and I and I think I think it the re- and the reason I mention that is like it's kind of it's built into narratives you know when you're assessing a football team you never want to go fully in on all their you know their greatest team in the world because you're going to look silly it's an emotional game we all know we've all said some crazy things and, and gone back we've on all it. been burned yeah. But I, I feel, even though it's only Watford and it was only so-and-so and it was only so-and-so, there is that click. There is that thing that we have all noticed, the energy around the club, the the compactness and control on and off the pitch. Mm-hmm. There is a vision and a unity and it's really exciting. It's really exciting. We marshaled them out of the game. We marshaled them out of the
1: game so many times and it, it's there's a lot to to praise and to look forward to with this team. Um there's a lot that I think we're starting to see as well that we weren't seeing last season and that we weren't seeing at the beginning of the season. And, you know, that obviously comes into a, to a question of, of, you know, obviously he didn't have a lot of his players. You think that Tommy Asu, Ramsdale, um, Tavares, none of those three, I think, have lost a game in an Arsenal shirt yet. Gabriel and White haven't lost a game as a partnership. Uh, Gabriel hasn't lost a game in an Arsenal shirt in 218 days. Wow. Like, unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yep. Um, and now, obviously, it is still my opinion that we we shouldn't capitulate to the level of that we did when we, when we didn't have those kind of first team options in. Because Mikel has had a long time with those second teamers. A lot of them have been here since he's been here. So... I am starting to wonder if it's a question of application from the players rather than, and I think he's still he's still not not getting that from from some of them. You know, I think there's a, there's a moment in the in the last few minutes where Aubameyang, for some stupid fucking reason, lashes a weak foot shot with a defender right in front of him, and then doesn't track back. And I saw Arteta on the sidelines just going fucking mental at mm-hmm. him to mm-hmm. get back. Because he's caused a turnover and now he's, he's just strolling back. And uh, all of this is always conjecture or opinion-based. Uh, but I am starting to, I think, change my opinion as to whether it's a question of ability and application of the players or ability and application of the manager.
0: Well, well I think Guardiola is
1: he- a great manager in certain senses. You know, he's always had to have the best teams in the country and in the world to employ Im- his style of football. But that doesn't mean that when he gets those teams, he's not absolutely imperious. I think it it becomes about what you are able to do with the tools at your dis- disposal, and then that then the goalposts become what you think makes a good manager. But I think that he's definitely a good. He's definitely coaching well with what he's got at the moment, Arteta
0: and i th- and i think we're seeing the fruits of his management as well to you know i i think the aptitude and the attitude of the players yeah definitely definitely should be spoken about i i think the attitude of all those players on that pitch is 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 first class right now um it's not always been that way and their aptitude you know something josh josh Kronke said in the interview um he did with jeff Shreves was that the the squad is beginning to suit Mikel's strengths which i thought was a really interesting um thing for Josh Kroenke as an owner to say, because he's clearly adapting a squad around what Mikel can do. Now, Mikel has has said himself, you know, he needs to, there's some certain things, you know, he apparently says privately that he feels like he's improving every game. And, you know, he's learning, he's learning lots and lots and lots and lots. He said he needs to, um, there's certain things on and off the pitch that he still wants to improve. He's always talking about improvement. He's aware of that this is a team in progress, as we all understand. But I think the encouraging part is it feels like a team that's slowly being molded to what, as Josh Cronkey says, Mikel can do and what Mikel the 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 style that he likes. And I think more the more you watch Mikel's teams, the more you realise how much he's actually is the kind of choreographed automations. And we've, we've, we've kind of spoken about that in a negative side before, the sort of how choreographed and slow our build-up feels. But now that has been implemented in the, into the team, there's a bit more in and out. It's a, bit, it's a bit quicker. It's a bit more automatic. And the whole idea of positional play is that... And it feels like, like there's more, more of it. It doesn't feel yeah. like there's
1: one move where it's Alba getting the ball to him on the left, cutting in and hitting a right-footed shot. It feels like there's so
0: many more strings to that, right. though exactly and and the whole the whole point of positional play is that it's automations you, you becomes so clear what's going on Tommy as cuts inside to the side so Saka pulls outside or or um, you know uh, made Niles pulls out to the half space so someone else drives inside, or wh- whatever it is creating the creating the superiorities creating the triangles blah, blah 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 go watch the athletic video right but the it's a very good video but the, the watching what we're doing there feels to be an um a, a clear, as I say, all I can come back to is a clear plan and a clear unity. Where that's going, I am concerned, but I'm also very present with it. I'm also very present with the fact that this is the team we've got at the moment, and we spend a lot of time as football fans going, "Oh yeah," but you know, in 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 you know, who are we signing in the summer, and you know, what's going on, you know, next. Next Next season, or you know where this person's going to age out and we're not are we going to give them a new contract? We spend so much time in the future. It's like well, right now, on the pitch, we've got what we're asking for. we've got ten games unbeaten, we've got a manager and a team who feel together. Let's enjoy it for now, let's remember this in the tough times, and let's move forward together.
1: Yeah, do you know what this also feels like to me? It feels a little like Mourinho like that early day Mourinho when he was actually good at his job and it was an us against the world mentality. And I feel like that's what's being built at Arsenal because there will be a lot of people that come out in the news and in the press and and slander Arsenal for not kicking the ball out and good sportsmanship and blah, 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 blah. And all of this shit. But we'll very quickly remember that the first goal that Aaron Ramsdale conceded in a North London derby was because Spurs didn't kick the ball out when Jackers on the floor with a torn ligament, you know, and that lots of teams have done it this season. But yeah. they know that we'll click on it. The important thing is not to click on it and not to rise to it. It is yeah. us against everyone.
0: And I think yeah. that that mentality sometimes does work. Especially in situations like this that we are, and and, and that's a good segue to the game. What well up, Brad? Um, to, to talk about... Yeah. So I was at the game yesterday. If, I, I think Were I you? It. Yeah, yeah, I said. Wow. Um, and... Uh, I was at the game too, wasn't I, Alex? You actually... Yes, sorry. Yes, Bradley Adams was sat next to me. It was definitely Bradley Adams. Not my friend. Adam. <laughs> Bradams. Um So, uh, yeah... The tactical foul, so Mikel said after the game that Claudio Ranieri was annoyed at him or said, you know, basically, I think we might have all seen the clip of just post-full-time post, uh, post Ranieri talking to Arteta on the sideline. Ranieri gives a pretty fiery Sky Sports interview afterwards and basically says, you know, why didn't they kick the ball out and stuff? And Arteta said something which I think is really interesting. He said, look, we're the nicest team in the league. Sometimes we're too nice and we're fucking naive. So there's no bad intentions and i'm sorry if if you know if it affected them but we there, there was no there was no intention and so many times throughout the game like this the stadium was fuming at Watford they were consistently falling over they were consistently um just cynical cynical fouls this is the sort of this is another you know as we were talking about earlier about the sort of the questions a team poses you. This is a t- this is a question that Watford posed us. How are we going to get through cynical tactical fouls? How are we going to get through a, a referee facing injury? Yeah, yeah, and how how are we going to get through a referee not controlling that? And mm-hmm. I I think we did. You know, we we didn't lose our heads. We didn't sort of rise to it. We they should have had more yellows. Someone should have been off sooner. But I think we handled it generally quite well. Yeah, yeah, no.
1: I think the only conversation that we can have about this comes back to the referee and and dealing with things and handling things better. Like you say, somebody should have been off a lot sooner. Probably two two Watford players should have been sent off for the amount of fouls. Danny Rose got four fouls and not a single yellow card. Bearing in mind, one of them was conceding a penalty for plowing through Lacazette. How that wasn't a yellow card, I, I really don't know. Uh Sissoko as well um, got yellowed and then c- committed another two fouls after. And it, it just, it just became nonsensical to the point where I think the red card that they got, I don't actually think it's a yellow. I think he wins the ball, but it just got to a point where one of them deserved to be sent off. So he yeah. got sent off. Yeah, yeah and they can and you they can compl- complain all they want about that decision but to say that one of their players shouldn't be sent off if you're just talking about the meta conversation of the game is just balmy and i think you get what you you deserve us, us, a lot of the time in football watford got what they deserved They played dirty, they played to foul, they played to fake injury and to stop the game and slow the game down because they had nothing better to do. So they got what they deserved. They didn't Mm. get respect because they weren't playing a respectful game. Yep. So fuck them. The player, the player in that moment is getting back up, is fine. The only reason that Danny Rose puts the ball out in the first place is to get away from the pressure. Is to have an excuse to try and
0: release the pressure on his team. Yep. So fuck them. Yep. And when we scored the goal, I can't remember who it was that was down. But basically, they remained down. There's a bit of a sort of question over whether there was going to be a VAR check. There was that you know that sort of energy, that sort of like oh, that oh we, the here, we crowd aren't go. quite celebrating it enough as as they would. So there's a bit of a kind of everyone's checking the screen sort of situation. The Watford player stays down. The goal gets given. The Watford player stands up, and you just think like. The problem is, is the risk is it's it's actually quite a good little tactic because the the risk is always what if they're actually injured and what if you know you're playing on and, you know whatever. But ultimately they it was it was boy who cried wolf stuff. It was boy who cried what are they called hornet. Um, they they just they just were consistently doing it and and it's a shame, but it's a bit of a compliment in some ways because ultimately they wanted to slow the pace of the game down. They wanted to break the game up. They wanted to the they didn't want us to get into our rhythm. And once Arsenal find their rhythm, they're lovely and and and, that, and that's something we could talk about. I thought there was, you know, as I say, there was a, there was a level of control in the game. As I spoke about in uh, Word of the Game, I, I would like to have seen some more risk. But what I did see and what was lovely was was people being utilised in positions that I think are really useful for them and popping mm. up in areas of the pitch in a similar vein to sort of a, a Cancelo inverting or or, or or whatever in more kind of popular examples where it's really useful. No, no, but you know, like, yeah, no, no, an no, I, get, that, I, I 100% get what you mean. An example that someone might pick up on, you know, on match of the day. So, you know, you see like Maitland-Niles drifting out to the, to the left and the right hand side from his, from his pivot. Maitland-Niles is really useful outside. Oh, I thought he was team. fucking sensational yesterday. Yeah, he was really useful out wide in one v one situations. Um, so I thought that was that was that was great work, and, and obviously he was great in the middle. Lacazette doing the same, drifting out to the, to the right. Um, it was almost in the, in the sort of first phases. It was almost like we had Sambi in the sort of six, and Lacazette and Maitland-Niles as two eights. Um, it, it worked for a while, and I, and I and I really liked it. I just there was a lot of compactness we were quite sort of short from uh, I was uh, sat behind the goal so I I I could had a pretty good view of it and we we were very the distances from from back to front were very short I wish we'd got a bit closer just to sort of play those passes off but again when Watford is doing sort of tactical fouling like there's <laughs> there's only so much what you can, can do, you do? So I think we did well mm-hmm. then we have the offside goal yes the disallowed goal um Annoying. <laughs> yeah. Like it I think in that situation, when you have an experienced forward like a Bamiang, you've got to recognise what's going on there. Um but Should we have a quick chat about him? Because he was fucking dreadful yesterday. I I don't agree I don't agree. He and again, maybe was again bad. maybe, he, he again, was maybe bad. it's I think maybe it's put you know stadium v TV and, and neither's right or wrong. But what I what i saw of Aubameyang was a lot of running the channels was a lot of aggressive aggressive chasing was a lot of work his big moments let him down 100% but he was always available um i thought he dropped quite well like i think if you what are you asking your center forward to do i think uh, i think Aubameyang basically did that i don't know i think you're paying someone a
1: lot of money <laughs> For those final moments and decisions like tapping in the goal from Erdegaard, even though you're in an offside position, um, the really horrendous touch that meant that we didn't get that first goal. Because if he takes a better touch or even just lashes it first time and scores it, that's, you yeah, know, we're 1-0 to the good. There were just a couple of moments of of, of madness uh, near the end of the game as well, and then and, and not tracking back, it, it it was a bad performance by him. When you consider his standard and you consider what the, the the talisman that he's meant to be, you know, you said it, he is our talisman, so he does need to perform like it. And it was a bad performance today. Like he wasn't good. You, you know, any like you've got you've got Callum Wilson. Running the channels for Newcastle or whatever. That doesn't mean that he's good. Like the basic principles that you, you can ask from people, I think, and doing the basics of the job is not worth praise. It's what you're being asked to do and you earn your, your kind of bread and butter in those kind of finite moments. And today, uh, yesterday, he, he really didn't. He was really off the pace. Um, and, that's, he's desperate for a goal. He is just desperate for a goal. I don't, I'll i never understand why when Lacazette has not missed a penalty in an Arsenal shirt and is on the pitch, Aubameyang's taking penalties. Aubameyang's taken 41 penalties in his career and missed 11 of them. Like, he's not a good penalty taker. Lacazette and Ainsley maitland niles are both better penalty takers. I don't care if your forward needs a goal. I really don't. These points, and this three points today with how open the league is right now. We're two points behind Liverpool. These, three, these two extra points today, dep- obviously it depends on how the rest of the season goes, but could actually secure us Champions League football or Europa League football. We put that in jeopardy to try and give a little bit of confidence back to a man that we didn't need to. His goal will come. He's getting in the right places. He's just making the wrong decisions. He's also scoring a lot at the moment. Like I mean, he's got seven goals this season, but three of them were against the West Brom under twenty threes. I think so.
0: Yeah, but but you know, I, I don't think he's had some sort of mad goal drought. I, I I know what you mean, mate. I mean, on on specifically on the penalty. Realistically, when he stepped up, no one went wise about I me mean, taking it. I think it's just because he missed. But but ultimately, he missed. I, I like, know. You know. I, I I promise you, I genuinely did. Okay. Well, because
1: like, like you you have to like it is the. It, 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 Jorginho, for example, unbelievable penalty taker. So you put him on your penalties. If he misses one, okay, then you have the conversation. But I think it's it's now two and two that he's missed in, in, what, in, in the last three games. He got lucky with the last one that the rebound came out to him and he, he slotted it home. And, and this time, you know, he didn't get so lucky. Foster
0: um, manages to collect it. Ben Foster was doing some weird stretches the whole game. He like he like sort of it's like a sort of downward dog situation while while the ball's at the other end of the pitch. He also does the same thing from goal kicks every single time. He gets everyone to go to his left and then kicks it down the center. I'm not I think he did it about 5 times. It was wild. Um should call him the football G cat. Stupid joke. Uh, the yeah, I um, saw it on Twitter. It, it didn't. Still wasn't didn't, funny. Yeah, still wasn't, still wasn't funny. funny. Um, on a look, uh, okay. Like penalty thing aside, may, maybe. May, and this, this isn't sarcastic. Maybe you did think about Lacazette before. I just think most people. It's a situation where if he scored, no one gives a fuck, and if he didn't, that's football. But, but on the, no, but on t- mate, he didn't score. So that's, no, a, exact, it's, that's That's a bit exactly, of an irrelevant argument. No, no, that is literally my point. I'm I'm making the point that he didn't score, so people will will be concerned about it. Um but I think on his performance, I think Abamiang's again, and we're talking about this click in this team or this switch in this team. I think Aubameyang is part of that. He's part of that sort of that sort of switch. Similar to Lacazette, I see sort of two leaders in their own right, sort of experienced leaders, um, and and characters in the team leading the team forward and pressing from the front, you know, especially in that, that Leicester game, I think they really led from the front. I think Aubameyang, okay, he didn't have his best game uh, in the big moments, but I think having someone in terms of his selection, um, and it's not just to, 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 you know, say he's immune from criticism just because we selected him we should select him because of what he brings to the team generally. He didn't have his best game, but I think what he still brought, in my opinion, the reason I don't think he had as bad of a game as everyone says, is he still brought that press threat. still brought that threat he still brought that getting to those positions he still brought the idea that you've got a up front there was a lot of balls from Ramsdale to a that pff, on another day little flick on a Bamiangs and he gets his goal and we're, we're having a different conversation so yeah I don't know i i, I again. It's like anything, you could get bogged down in the world of fine margins of football conversation. Ultimately, it didn't It didn't happen. And it's the so, if, buts and maybes.
1: Like, yeah. It, it, yeah, it didn't happen. So you can't really include it in the conversation. Because saying, oh, but he might have scored yeah, exactly, yeah. is a bit irrelevant to the fact that he didn't. And I think this is what I mean by, like, it really does depend on how you want to judge his performance. He did what his manager asked of him. He just didn't have that final execution today. And for me, for a man that's on 250, 300 grand a week is the captain of the club and is meant to be the person firing us through this season,
0: that isn't good enough. Yeah. Yeah, I understand. I understand. Um, I thought... Uh, w- well, I, I want to focus on the prompts of Nuno Tavares. Tavares. Um, hey, do you know what? I can never put my finger on whether he's
1: absolutely sensational or just a bit fucking loopy, like mad. And yeah, so he because, that line. because he's got that factor... <laughs> Nobody knows what he's going to do. I don't know whether he's going to smack a shot from forty-five yards or like me-
0: go on a messy dribble and take six players out of the game. Yeah, he is. He is interesting. It's so weird. I mean, he like does like a Ronaldo chop and then like skies it. It's like he 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 he's got a very strange sort of amalgamation of skills. I. I really like him. I think I, I think I've said before, and, and something that I've picked up on, and a lot of people have said, is like how how late he arrives. Mm. I think the problem with Teeny a lot of the time is he sits so high, receives it, and all the, the only his only real option is to play it back inside. Now you could argue that players around him should be overlapping or should be you know should be um, should be on his inside. But when you're the fifth attacker, oh, sorry, on, when you're on the fifth lane on that left hand side, you're likely to be the highest. You're likely to be the person who's who's receiving the ball, so you've got to time that well. I think Tavares I love his drive. He has this drive inside that he does on his it's right foot. Drive, it's <laughs> <laughs> he has this drive inside <laughs> that he does on his right foot, which I think is we is a new dynamic to the team. And when we're yeah. finding those new dynamics, when we're when we're finding different ways, as we said, you know, um, earlier on, Arteta's football has been pretty one dimensional for a long time. Mm. And now we've found some security technically all over the pitch as well as in some security in how we play, some security in our confidence, but also security in different options, different ways, you know, um, the way Smith Rowe pops up all over the pitch, Tavares driving inside, people overlapping, Tommy mixing up his game, white driving, forward. there's lots of different, we're finding different sort of avenues in the game. And I think Tavares yeah. is just another one of those of him him driving inside and is right. It's that thing we talked about um, recently about if you, if you know as a, as a defender in a split second, well, this guy could take me on the left or the right. It just gives you that doubt in your mind. You just step mm. off that two yards. And even if he doesn't go right or left, he's got an extra two yards. Well, it was so, like they pressed us quite
1: high today. And most of the time we were playing out of it quite well. So yeah. it's that thing of like, if we press them, they'll play over us and around us. If we don't, they'll play through us. And it, it 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 does add a different um, dynamic and a different mentality. You know, probably for uh, uh, for us as well. You know, every time we hit a shot against Foster coming into the latter stages of the game, we probably just expect it to be expected it to be saved, and it it
0: plays with the confidence of players. Yeah, definitely. And it's a really definitely. good tool to have. Yep. Um, yeah, I, I, I still to finish up the conversation on him. I, I, still, I still don't know whether you, you drop him for Tierney. I don't know. I mean, it may. I, I think if you're trying to foster a meritocracy, he's not done anything to be dropped. So you don't drop I, him. I, you don't drop him. I think you know, Tierney. Tierney will have to earn his way back into it. And you know, if there's any player who's got the work rate to to earn their way back into training, it's, it's Kieran Tierney. And look, we love him, but sometimes it's important to have. You know, I, th- I think Saka. Um, I think Saka was decent yesterday, and you know he does what he always does—great body work, um, controls the ball, keeps it high up the pitch, really accurate, and you know pretty dangerous at times. But I think Saka needs competition, needs someone. Yeah, he needs someone on that right hand side who does what he does, because Tavares and Tierney have not similar, not similar skill sets, but have similar roles when they're on the pitch. Pepe, it's almost like a different he's playing a different game to Saka and I think Saka needs someone who can can kind of push him for a spot you know whether it's someone from the academy coming in and kind of being the flavour of the month I don't know but um, yeah it's it's it'll uh, probably it's, be somebody that we bring in in the summer because essentially well, it could be a Amari Hutchinson yeah. or a Salah Adin or some you know someone who who comes in and 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 pushes him because I think that that might help him and might push him to the levels of Smith Rowe who sh- we should discuss um <sighs>
1: Three and three,
0: I think three and so. Three? Uh, oh. Got stats. Uh, Mill Smith Rowe becomes the fourth Arsenal oh. player, twenty-one or under, to score in three straight Premier League games. Previous three are Anelka, Reyes, Fabregas. And Fabregas. Yeah, and he's in those conversations now. Like for me, if he keep, like especially if he keeps going, he's in those conversations. He's con- he's performing consistently. Him driving with the ball, his technical level. I just think he's he's. Class. Here's the thing with Smith Rowe. He's performing
1: that well, and he's that good. And it's the same conversation and things that we said about Saka. It's making me consider whether we even need to sign a left winger. Right, right. And whether we don't just go, all right, Everton, here's 80 million for Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Because that's our problem. Spank and spank Mm -hmm. the whole budget on a striker and go, fuck it. We'll have Smithrow on the left, we'll have Odegaard in the middle, and we'll have Saka on the right and that is the biggest i think with what modern day football fans are like and with i like and i know myself with what i'm like you're very much always looking at grasses always greener options and things that will improve the team i don't want smith rose development to get stunted i think he could be an absolute elite level player i would much rather just sign a striker i think keeping him on that left wing is just Reminds be a bit of Perez. like yeah. I just think Lemberg that it well. would be the best decision that we could make just to spank it all on a striker and keep him in there. Because look at the conversations we were having about Saka, and now look what Saka's blossomed into.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Look, Smith Rowe, like the 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 spaces he occupies, the the dexterity, the, the I think he I think he's pretty ambipedal. He's just. I I I think on this very podcast when he was given the number 10 shirt I was going I don't know I don't know what he is and I think that slightly concerned me um mm-hmm. but I think I've I was going to say I've discovered, it I, 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 he's discovered it I've discovered it probably um, is that he's this guy you don't necessarily need to be able to go well he's a you know classic number 10 he's a, he's a hold up number 9 or or whatever it is he's a deep line playmaker Smith Rowe Smith Rowe what is he good at he's good at driving with the ball he's good at um, popping it's up perfect. in areas you don't expect him to <laughs> he's and tell what he's totally fucking good at he's good at that ball drops on the edge of the box and he will score a lot of those goals because he picks mm-hmm. he 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 pops up in those positions. He kind of negates the need for a Joe Willock. Um or you know the the things that we wanted from a Joe Willock interestingly. So I just I just think he's he's sensational mate and and he's growing in confidence, he's growing as a leader. You know, it's no it's I think it's no coincidence that the first goal was Saka, the um the second goal that actually we scored was uh was Smith Rowe and I think was the third one was the third one Smith Rowe as well. No, Odegaard. Oh Odegaard, oh okay. Kind of scuppers my point, but you know they they're involved every single week and they 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 have a huge huge influence on this team. Mm-hmm. You don't wanna, you don't want to say carry because I think it is a team performance. Um they but carry the offensive threat. Yeah. And he carries it forward, Do you know what I mean? Like whenever honestly whenever Smith Rowe gets the ball people stand up that's what happens and and you want those players you want those players in your t- in your, not only for the for the team but you want them in your club because they make you excited you know the, the, yes the t- yes he's great on the team but you want players who you can look at and go that is arsenal that is yeah. that is what we mean when we say hail hey, and boys that is what we mean when we when we look at, when we look at Arsenal, who, you know, and he is Arsenal through and through, even though he's from Southampton. Yeah, mate. He needs, um,
1: yeah, he needs to, he does. We just need to keep him ticking over, performing the way he is. And what's the, what's the point of, of spending, you know, when we're, when we are going to be, let's be realistic. We spent a lot of money this summer. I think even if we continue to spend that money every summer, there are still going to be teams like Chelsea, Newcastle, City who have the financial means to to just outspend us. Let's develop this boy and slap everything we can on the elite profile center forward that we need mm-hmm. and a couple of central midfielders. Yep. And that completes yeah. us. Because then you also we also have people like Martinelli who can play out on the left. Signing another left winger, there are so many people. It's a very clogged position. You know, you've got Reese Nelson who can play on the right or the left coming back from loan it helps us rather than hinders us to keep his development
0: going. Yep. Yep. Uh, c- yeah, completely agree. I think the only couple of more players I want to highlight, and it's nice that I feel, like, honestly, feel like I'm going through the whole team and going, yeah, performance. Um, Tommy Asu, I've got Tommy Asu's stats here. Oh, he had a mate. What, really, really underrated game. Um, six tackles, four clearances, five accurate long balls, two key passes. He was, he was completing take-ons, mate. He was driving forwards um, Fantastic, uh, you know, just a, a credit to him. Ben White had a fantastic game. Um, that I'm sure the stats are doing the rounds on social media. I thought Gabriel dealt with Saar brilliantly the whole game, um, getting really, really tight to him, not giving him a moment's space. I think with top, top, top forwards, you want to drop off a little bit because they they can turn you, they can push you out. If you're a, a Lukaku, you can't, you know, you saw what happened with Pablo Mare, he just gets done. But I think with someone like Asar who relies on that a bit of space or relies on a bit of a, a bit of burst, Gabriel did exactly the right thing. He just mm. just wouldn't let him go. Just wouldn't let him go. And and Ben White was on him as well at times. Um I thought they were both fantastic. Um I want to finish up on the on the man of the match, Maitland Niles. slight concern before the game, party wasn't playing. Um means he doesn't go away with Garner, which I think is a, is probably a good thing considering his injury troubles over the last couple it's, of seasons. He's not going away. If- with Ghana? No. Tierney's going away, but P- Partey isn't. Tierney's going away? Yeah, but Partey's not.
1: What, what in the... Like, so stupid. So, like... Surely as a club, and surely as Tierney, you have to take the decision to withdraw yourself. You're not fit enough for club football. The people who... You know, because although these players do get paid to play for, your, for their country, most of it's donated anyway. His job, first and foremost, is for Arsenal. And if he goes away and gets injured, like, Tavares left back until Tierney does something really special to earn his place back. Because that's just that's just fucking stupid.
0: That's yeah. so frustrating. That is th- so frustrating. I think it must be difficult when you're in that position, when, especially when you're a senior player on a national team. I don't know, let, let's not get into that. But, uh, but yeah, I, I largely agree. Um, yeah, Maitland-Niles, I thought, I thought was tidy and I thought as another option in there he's you know as we've always known his recovery pace is great he's great in the duels. um he's physically very good he he played his way out of a lot of danger yesterday Mm. um nice little sort of pirouettes and recoveries and you know nicks around the corner and things like that Um, did the Xhaka thing for the Do you remember the goal against Tottenham where he where he uses his body
1: to shield the ball and then carry it forward and the basically takes one player out of the game. He did that yesterday statistically as well. One shot, one key pass, two dribbles defensively, five tackles, two interceptions, two clearances, and then his passing stats as well. You know, an 83% pass completion, one accurate long ball, one accurate through ball,
0: like uh, an all action performance from him Mm. yesterday. Yeah. And he's, and he's one of those players who who does that, who pops up in different locations, who is very, very technically gifted. Um, you know, he he's, he's kind of, I think he lacks that intensity, which I think Arteta spoke about in his post match that he's, he's trying to work on. He's kind of lack slightly lackadaisical um, energy. He's got, and I think if he mm-hmm. brings a bit more intensity, he could be such a fantastic asset to us. And who's to say while you know while Partey's away, he can't he can't lock down that that role? I mean, you know, why not? Um yeah, I thought he was he was he was great. I, I probably wouldn't have given him my man of the match personally. I probably would have given that to um Gabriel or, or Smithrow or Tommy Asu, or maybe even Ben White, but um or Ramsdale or um Tavares or Martinelli or Or the whole team. The whole team yeah, Brad. Yeah. The whole team. Uh anything else on the game? Nah, nothing from me, mate. We'll see you. After this, News and views. Welcome back to News and Views, where we give you all the news and all your views by mostly ours. Just a quick reminder that if you do enjoy these podcasts, please subscribe, turn on notifications, leave us a review, and you can support us on Patreon, where you get access to episodes of The Instant Reaction, as well as ad-free and filmed versions of The Podcast for just £5 a month. The and for one-time one support, head to buymeacoffee.com, where you can... Buy me a coffee. A coffee. The links are in the show description. Uh, at the Gooners News says Ooh. Ainsley Maitland-Niles was man of the match. I'd give him eight and a half as well. Uh, so our little different knock player reviews. Uh, Eamon at Eamon AFC was, was pretty fuming with my uh, Bamiyang rating too. He says Albert was a bad day at the office, but he was way below, uh, way below par. His work off the ball was okay. Uh, but, you know, Watford aren't really the ball-playing side, so we need more of his attacking threat than defensive work, and all the attacking ones were disappointing. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't great. Listen, it it wasn't great from the man. Like... The man. It, it's a. It's a...
1: It, I think it is. It's an average run-of-the-mill performance. It's a 5 out of 10. It's a, he did what was asked of him, but he didn't do anything that you need him to do or expect him to do, and that's a big disappointment. But it's going to happen, and in, in, in games like this where... The rest of the team are, are very young, still learning their trade. We have to stay patient, I think. Weird
0: for me calling for patience for this team. Bradley Adams calling for patience. Also saying he wants to give Mikhail time. What's going on? You're right. Yeah. You sleep well, well last night. Was it? A...
1: Oh, it was beautiful. I had, I had okay. dreams of of that beautiful jawline of, of Mikhail's <laughs> sumptuous hair. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm. I'm very. I'm on board. I'm. I'm on board. He's back on. There he is. Uh, back on the high train.
0: Where you on? Where you ever on?
1: Who knows? I was on after the FA Cup for about six games, and then I lost my head a bit.
0: First meeting with the fan advisory board this week. Um, Josh Conkey, Vinay, etc. Tim Lewis meeting with the fan advisory board. Um, you know, look, I, I, I don't know how much that's gonna. Make a difference, but ultimately it's a good, you know, it's a picture. It's a if I'm if I'm Bradley Adams hosting this, I say it's a PR thing. But you know, ultimately it's it's the club moving towards a position where they are involving fans a bit more, even if it's on the surface. And I think any kind of foot in the door for any kind of fan led group is good, and it means you know, mm-hmm. he, even if it's completely superficial, there's you know no interest from Josh Conkey, It's good that he just gets some people challenging him to his face once uh, whatever it is once a month you know fair play fair once play once the a blue moon and you know a, and and also the fans can say look you put us on this board we're getting nothing nothing going on so you know it's it's it steps in the right direction i want to talk about the josh grunkey interview i, I, I watched uh, the whole the whole 25 minutes which was um, not easy um, and uh, is it just me or does he look a bit like doctor strange at the moment with that beard a, got a bit quite like a,
1: a, like a... supervillain look he looks like a Tech. Or like a and m Home Bargains own brand toy of Doctor Strange from the MCU?
0: I've never seen it, so... Google I, it. Apologies. Hang on. Doctor Strange. Okay. Did you get it? Yeah, I see that. You see I it see a little that. bit? Needs like a goatee. Is it the Benedict Cumberbatch one? Yeah. Yeah, he needs needs a goatee rather than the the sort of full beard he's gone for. But I, I see that. But he's got, this is what I mean by like he looks like the, you know... He's probably called
1: like Doctor Strange because he's an unlicensed toy from like Hong Kong.
0: <laughs> One of those FIFA, those like football games yeah. that are like the Manchester Reds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's an interesting character. London re- guns. <laughs> yeah, I would recommend everyone watching it. It's uh. it's an interesting interview on many levels. There's definitely a part of me. And before I'm I I'm banning Brad from calling it PR until he's watched it. Well, I've not watched it. I did I called it PR this
1: morning before we started just to piss you off. Um I'm gonna watch it today on my way to work. I'll let you know what I think of it. Listen, and also if it is PR and if it is just pure kind of painting a picture of him, that's also really interesting to see. Yeah. Because it's like what does he want to be painted as? Yeah. Exactly. It's yeah. really interesting to notice what the
0: club is trying to put across. There's before I get into the sort of specifics of what he said because I think there's a couple of things to pick up upon which are interesting. Mm-hmm. I I can't quite tell, and this is perhaps a bit. Um, is there a you know people say like Anglo Anglophiles when they love England? What's the opposite of Anglophile and American American-phobic? There's a bit of a kind of American corporate like you, you know. Well, listen, man. Every way is up, and you know, like he, he's asked about like the European Super League. He's like, and Jeff Spreys is like, oh, is that is that the lowest moment with the fans? He's like, uh, well, maybe, man, but you know, when you're at the bottom, there's only one way up, and that's back to the top, baby. <laughs> it's like it's like a real kind of like American, like yeah, yeah, man, American dream type at- atmosphere and attitude, which mm. I can never tell the sort of the sort of lines that sound. Well, no, I don't, I don't know. It's it's more to Whether do with it's like, I can't tell if he's, if he means or it or not, or if it's a sort of a bit of a platitude. It's things like, like you'll say, like, you know, um, you know, we're, we're just get like, we're just getting started. And it's like, are you just getting started? Because you said, be excited about what, like three, four years ago. And, you know, are these all platitudes or are these promises? I don't, I don't quite know. I also, but there were some real moments of kind of humility and real moments of where I, for the first time, I think I saw sort of the human side of him. Like when he was being talked about abuse and stuff, you know, he was saying, you know, he was talking about like reading Twitter. He's like, I, I can't, you know, I don't read Twitter. And, you know, you see a bit more of a kind of a, a human connection there out of the sort of the corporate thing. He talks about, you know, Arsenal being a brand and the consuming and the consumption of it, which I always find a little bit difficult when it's about sports. I'm like, it's not... We're not consuming the sport; we're watching and enjoying. It's not, it's a, it's not a brand thing. But anyway, the in- interesting stuff that I picked up on was firstly, <laughs> it's kind of gone unnoticed. He calls Pepe a quick fix. He says we've tried, we've gone down a road, we've we've tried the quick fixes of breaking the transfer record, and that's not worked. Essentially, is what he says. And I was like, that is interesting that he calls that calls that a quick fix, and that's not really been picked up on by the media yet. Um, he says just getting started, which again I don't know is a kind of PR line. That's really interesting. Yeah, I, yeah, it, it was quite under the radar, but I I don't know it it just it just stuck out to me. I guess because if you look at if you look at that deal, it, he is a quick
1: fix. You're not looking to develop somebody; you're just looking to go and smash the transfer we- record, record transfer record, um, garner some favour with the fans, and hopefully buy a ready-made player who'll come in and take yeah. storm. That makes sense. You can, I can see the logic.
0: Yeah, it. and and I, th- I I thought he was kind of referring to like you know Socrates, David Luiz, Lichtsteiner, people like that. But but he it wasn't <laughs> like, and he was specific about it. He was like, oh no, that we we you know breaking our transfer record. I think he I I could be wrong. He might say records, but I think he says record. I.e., who is our record transfer? Pepe. So. I don't know. It's interesting, but also interesting that the kind of the, the you know he he talks consistently about the strategy changing and stuff, which we kind of seen. But that the the acknowledgement and acceptance that there has been a change and there has had to be a change because of the lack of results. He also talks about the the kind of American models of getting in young players, getting in a young coach, and allowing the team to develop. And he says, you know, you don't recognize the value of like a of consistency behind the scenes and allowing people to grow together. It's something that apparently they they do in their american franchises so it's interesting the kind of the arsenal model being implemented right now for sort of 23 and under whether that's something that's been replicated in other places around ksc i don't know but interesting well it's also because in a lot of american model sports there's not a lot of the same kind of
1: transfer led systems like the nba nba is all about trades and trading you don't buy players you can include cash in some deals so If you're talking about a full refit and rebuild of a squad, you're talking about having to trade your way there. You're much more likely to be able to trade your way to a youthful setup that can Mm -hmm. grow, rather than yeah. And I think that's been a
0: model they've employed before. But again, interesting that that they're they're trying it over here, and it seems to be working. Um, he's asked at one point what position he'd play, and he's definitely put on the spot, and he has absolutely no idea. (laughs) <laughs> it's difficult because like he's clearly like so he used to play basketball and, and Jeff Shreves is like, Oh and he says, Oh, I played a bit of football as well. He said, Oh, what position did you play? And he said, Right wing. And he's like, Yeah, I was the you know, second top scorer, uh, the the left winger was the was the was the top, and then he's like, Oh, who would you compare yourself to? And he has absolutely no idea. <laughs> so Jeff Shreves gives him, you know, you were a tall forward, so were you a sort of Peter Crouch? He was like, Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say that, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, No, you weren't <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like he clearly is really struggling Bless to think him. of a football player. But ultimately, he wasn't involved in football as a kid, you know, and he's involved now. But he was, you know, what who who would you compare yourself to growing up? Well, uh, what basketball player would we compare ourselves to growing up? We wouldn't know. He'd probably compare himself to his dad because he's more he's a yeah. businessman, he's a billionaire. He was never gonna be yeah. a football player. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um the final thing he said, which was interesting, was that he doesn't expect everyone to be won over, which I thought was again quite humble considering you know the position he's in the, you know the privilege he has the, the money he has he's not saying look what i'm doing for you he's saying you know and industry says do we need to lower our expectations he says no i'm not convinced about it yeah i'm not saying that the Cronkies are going to change everything, you know. The, you know, the, ultimately, we've seen a massive decline under their majority ownership. And Stan, t- uh, sorry, Josh talks about, oh, well, we've only really had ownership since 2018. Okay, but you've been involved before. I think there could be, and especially with the the fact that he's even doing 25 minute, you know, interviews—the first time he's done a, a level of interview with you know with someone outside of Arsenal as well—but he can't control the questions. Jeff Shrees doesn't go easy on him. Mm. it's it's interesting to me that there is more communication it's also interesting that it's on an unbeaten run um but we'll have to see and there's a lot of promises being made there's a lot of you know we we have a plan we have an idea we want to allow this group to grow we want to inject it with more talent you know ultimately you don't say that if that's not at least your intention i don't like I, i can't see a reason why they'd say it if they weren't planning on doing it does that make sense yeah, because they know they're at the end of their tether. They like they, you know. He says, "I'm not expecting everyone to accept us, and I'm not expecting everyone to be thankful for our stewardship." I'm ex- well. I still think probably most of the Arsenal fan would, if
1: if given the opportunity to have them out for somebody else, yeah, would take it. Yeah, and and and, and he says Arsenal for
0: sale. Do you know what I mean? So,
1: no, of course, but as in, I think it's that. Yeah, it is. That is important to note that most fans probably still want them out, you know? So it's obvious that that I I think it's good what he's saying. We'll see if any of it kind of comes to fruition, but I think that he would be stupid to say it and not at least half commit or fully commit to what he's saying, because he's already got only a minority backing from, from the people that support Mm. this club. So the people that, make this business worth 2.8 mm. billion pounds. So if he, if they fuck it up again, yeah. you know, they, it's a very short, they've got a very
0: short shelf life when it comes to patients. Definitely. And I think that's it. I th- and I think he recognizes that. I really think he does. Like he's, he's saying, I, I don't expect you to trust me yet. I don't expect, you know, um, yeah, there's there's definitely things to read into. You know, he says, "Oh, I don't want to be defined by that 48 hour window with the European Super League." Don't fucking fool us. It wasn't 48 hours, but it's a line, and I get that. But there's a lot of things that he says. and and go watch the interview where you go. Okay, interesting. That's a that's something that clearly shows you're involved in the club. He knows everyone's names. He knows, Do you know what I mean? Like you know, we talked about before. There's been questions over a certain owner at a certain Premier League club asking which team is playing who, sort of thing he seems concrete. Oh, oh 100%. But he, 100%. But, but Josh seems to know, you know, he knows he knows everyone's names, he knows what's going on. Sometimes he's a bit sort of uh, the guy who works for the club. Uh, Mikael, that's it. But uh, you know, but 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 it seems a level of investment that I've never seen from the Cronkies before. I've always felt like we were one of their portfolio. And now it feels like Josh has kind of taken that mantle off Stan and gone, look, let me take this. This is a big thing. I'm going to try and understand this. And it feels like that's what he's trying to do. And that's all we can ask. We can only ask for for him to try. Like, that's that, that's all we can say. That's all, Yeah, it's all you can ask from anyone, Yeah, really. For sure. We're trying, Brad. We are. Um, other things. Uh, the Arteta interview was... Uh, Fine. it's not groundbreaking particularly. It's it's talking about his past and you know his sort of his family upbringing and stuff. It's an interesting watch. I, I felt quite charmed by Arteta by the end of it. I know before people have said that, that they find Arteta him, a bit charmless, but maybe that's just me personally. You absolutely love him. I don't know why. I you... do love him, yeah. Yeah. No, but you know, some people say like, oh he's, you know, sort of a bit, you know, straight laced and a bit, you know, sort Dead of Dead behind robotic. the eyes. Yeah, and I think when you when you he's given a bit more time to talk I think it's with Amy Lawrence, who I think is a fantastic journalist and interviewer. He's under a bit less pressure. He's talking about his family and you see a you see the passion and you see the 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 kind of home the father figure and you see the sort of the 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 real person a little bit more. I I I th- I I think it explains a lot. He's a lot, under a lot of pressure. I think it's hard to judge someone, as you said before, under this much pressure. Um, when every decision, everything they made, make it uh, they say is scrutinised to the nth degree. Um, I think with a bit more time, and a bit more sort of calm, he comes across very well. So yeah, and there's, he's done a lot of work on Colney, done a lot of work around the training ground murals of Arsene Wenger. Um, and I know you'll probably say puff piece, but the Athletics say there's a there's a great atmosphere. So who knows? And also the other thing they came out about, they high five Wenger
1: on the on, got, brought a tear to my eye, mate. I love that shit. I absolutely love that shit.
0: So yeah, go watch those, uh, the Cronky interview, the Arteta interview. Um, and yeah, like, we're being communicated with. That's the important thing
1: as well. It's it's a palatable change. It's a real palatable change. The amount of times we've said, we don't know what's going on. When like, uh, and there's no, it, it, it does make a difference. It really, really does.
0: It's, it's, it does. it's a good step by the club. Because it at least includes us. Yeah, I remember when Edu did his sort of explaining the transfer window type video. I think it was last year. or might have been. It was definitely last year. I don't know if he did one this year. I just thought, thank you, like, thank you for exp-, like you know coming out and going. Look, we've signed these players for this reason. We're doing this. This is what we. No one's asking to be given. You know, the specific insight. We're going to renew this person's contract. We're going to sign this player next summer. But to explain the decisions you have made, I think he's the the least that Arsenal fans deserve. And mm-hmm. when you when you go to the stadium, you feel the passion and the energy and the investment of all these people, and you just think these people deserve that. And the Cronkies yeah. recognise that, and and Josh Cronky definitely. Brad, we've just got time for a little bit of Arsenal trivia. Last time I asked you, Nate. Oh, yeah, what did you- I asked you Nate AIM members. Name eight members of Arsenal's under 23s squad. Um, all right. You can do it. Carl Hein. Carl Heine.
1: Does Karl he Heine. Yeah, give me that. Uh, I mean, Arthur Akwanque. Yeah, he's,
0: he been he's been promoted. He's been promoted. I think he has played for them, but he's not on the squad because he's been promoted. But well, it's like there's. Balogun
1: not count then. Mini literally scored I'll, for them on the on the weekend.
0: Okay, I'll give you back I'll give you Balogun and Okonkwo because they have played for them. They have played for them. Uh Amari Hutchinson. Yep. Four. <sighs> Tyrese John Jules. Yep, give me that. Five. Um He's on loan, but I'll give you that. Saladin, is he under eighteens or under 23s? Saladin is twenty threes? Salah is yeah he's under twenty threes. Oh fuck. Six. Um, Two more, go on. Come on, you can do this. Patino. Patino. What am I at? One more. You're one more. One One more. more. Oh, God. Um, Think of that kid who came on in pre-season. He looked about five.
1: Oh, Jack Henry Francis.
0: Yes. And I'm actually, I'm going to take Tyrese john Jules off you because he's on somewhere else. One more. You can get one more. You can get one more.
1: Um... Oh,
0: Joel Ideho? Is he in the under-23s? Yes. 23s? He's in the under yes, yes, Brad. What a niche, niche fucking Joel Ideho. It's because for
1: some reason it's on Football, football Manager, football Manager yep. like, <laughs> he always gets sold for like six
0: million quid by my director of football. I'm like, how have you finessed Aston Villa for this money? How, can you tell everyone about your sales on Football Manager? You've, you've, you, finessed, you finessed Newcastle. Oh, I absolutely finesse Newcastle. I got £110 million pounds out of Enketia,
1: Holding, Mari, and A and The
0: See, we say this every time on the podcast, you need to be the director of football.
1: You, you do. The irony Come being on. fifty-five million of that was Rob Holding.
0: How? How did I finesse? Fuck <laughs> 55 million. And then they got relegated, which was quite funny. They have been robbed Holding. Look, uh, just just a couple of things uh, before we go. I don't have a laptop (laughs) from today, uh, so we can't do the podcast because my laptop is very broken. Uh, It's somehow managing to get through this podcast, Um, so there will be no podcast over the international break until I think it's the next Thursday. So don't miss us too much. Uh, Then uh, we're really sorry. We are very sorry. I mean, yeah, I am. I am very sorry. no, 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 but my laptop is—it's on its last legs. <laughs> it's it like is do it. It's like dying. Do it now. Sna- do it now, or you'll not have a laptop for a significant period of time. Um, also, just shout out the fact that we got followed back by Eddie Longbridge. Oh, Eddie, Eddie Longbridge. Ah, oh. I did invite him on the pod, but he said no.
1: So listen, he did say it because it would reveal his identity. We're happy to put any voice effects, yeah, well, on okay. the podcast. <laughs> We will get you on. We will keep your anonymity.
0: You don't have to turn your webcam on. You can just come on and chat to us. You can do We can do Yeah, one of those, like, you know, when people do, like, reconstructions in, like, crime like panoramas and stuff. We can do one of those things. <laughs> uh, oh, Brad, I'm going to miss you before the next pod. I know. Well, wow, you'll still talk to me, I hope. No. <laughs> no. I'll see you in a week <laughs> in a bit. You're the only... Oh, yeah, the only function is this podcast. We will never speak again. Uh... Mate, Arsenal in a good position. Feeling good.
1: Yeah, and do you know what? It's a good way to enter the international break. We're a on a high list.
0: We're going to beat them. It's going to happen. Are we in a title race, Brad? God, no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> now, I reckon Arsenal winning the title this season is a fucking bigger upset than Leicester, mate. Christ, could you imagine? Yeah, it probably. it actually probably would be. That's How, I, well, actually, I, I, that is a lie. Come on. They were 5,000 to 1. But if you'd have put a fiver
0: got... on that, you'd have won 25 grand. How mental is that? Mental. I nearly won 500 quid yesterday. I was fuming. I, I got, oh, cu- what, did I got what did you need? What did you need? Tell you what. I got. I had Kuka on a yellow. Got that. Uh, he got a red in the end. Uh, Sambi on a yellow. Got that. A Bamiyan goal. Penalty. Oh. And a Josh King goal. Nearly with the Ramsdale moment. I was absolutely fuming. All over 500 oh. quid. Fuming. Listen, we will miss you. Uh thank you very much for listening to the Different Knock Podcast. We appreciate it. We'll see you thank after the international break. Enjoy yourselves. Uh don't uh don't do anything stupid. Don't take life too seriously. We're all gonna die. Have fun. Um have fun. Peace, all Brad. Right. Peace. Thanks very much for listening. Keep a different knock. And we will see you later. Peace. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to The Different Knock podcast. Please hit subscribe or follow on whatever platform you're using. If you'd like to support the show, you can find us on Patreon and buymeacoffee.com, find us on Twitter at diffknock, and visit our website, thedifferentknock.com. Thanks.